when you're wrapped up in those communities where it's really pushed on you to, you know, do the next big thing or go out on the weekends and do some big outdoor activity, you almost become detached from the activities themselves because you're you're kind of wrapped up in that thinking. Hey, Wildly Basic listeners, welcome back. It's been a hot second. Emma and I have been super busy with the non-podcaster aspects of our lives, which we will catch up on in the start of this episode. The meat of this episode, though, is when we talk about how we have been working to reframe our relationship with the outdoors to treat it more like a trusted BFF than an arena for personal fulfillment. We'll delve deeper into that, and at the end, Emma is going to tell you all about her first solo camping trip, which was a bit of a wild ride. As usual, please let us know your feedback. We're looking forward to recording and releasing more episodes in the near future. Basic, a podcast about everyday badass women who love the outdoors and are unafraid to be unapologetically themselves in the backcountry, regardless of norms and expectations. I'm Emma. And I'm Allie. On this podcast, we hope to share our love of backcountry shenanigans with those like us, those that inspire us, and those that are excited to discover their interest in the outdoors. Welcome back, guys. We apologize for the radio silence from both our ends. Allie and I have been busy the last few months. Hopefully, um, you've been able to catch up on some of our other episodes. Um, But we've definitely been living the life of people that are not professional podcasters and can only do this when we have time for hobbies, which has been quite limited. So thanks for sticking through it and still listening to this months uh months after our last episode I'm so out of practice of podcasting like I don't even know how we're supposed to do this anymore but anyway it's okay it's okay mistakes will be made and they will be edited out or not who cares (laughs) (laughs) again we're not professionals here we're just two girls who actually just like to record our phone call (laughs) catch-ups pretty much yeah but honestly like life really did pick up So in September, I started my Bachelor's of Education in Nelson, British Columbia, which is like a small, a smallish ski town kind of in the middle of the province. Well, the middle south of the province. And my program's only 11 months. So I'm looking to be done in July and moving back to the coast. Um, Now we're like over halfway done. And I'm looking at my long certifying practicum. Um, that starts in a few weeks and then it's very quickly after practicum is done I become a real teacher so my schooling went quickly you guys missed most of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just get like the highlight reel recap at the end basically yeah I mean I could speak more like I don't know if anyone from my program is listening but like I love you I love all the people I've I've met in Nelson and get to experience my day-to-day with I feel like my cohort's pretty small. Like the, the group of us who go to school together is pretty small. And um, I've just met a lot of really wonderful people who bring a lot of experience and wonderful ideas and wonderful personalities to the table. So I, I feel really fortunate to have been 
basically like handed a group of people to become friends with when I moved here. Yeah, that's nice because I feel like it can go the other way with like a small group of people sometimes. It can be a lot of friction if you if everyone doesn't get along or whatever. What about you? What has been keeping you busy in the last nine months? Well, first of all, right now I've got a bit of a cold. So if I sound kind of congested on this podcast, um, hopefully I won't next time. But um, right now I'm in Vancouver visiting family for a few days because um, I've got a bit of time off school right now. But I've just been in the throes of my last year of medical school. It's been really intense. I've been working really hard been pretty stressed recently. I actually just got a haircut uh, last week, got a real haircut, at, which is new for me. I usually cut my own hair with like kitchen scissors and it's like really not elegant, but I actually got a real professional haircut and the lady told me that I have stress alopecia um, and tension alopecia. So we're, we're handling the tension alopecia part by not wearing my hair up in like a tight high pony anymore, which like those that know me know that I love my high ponies, usually with like a nice scrunchie, hair's really like tight back. I usually climb like that. I usually like work out like that. I go to the hospital like that, do everything in my life with a high pony and, uh, she gone now can't do it can't make the tension alopecia worse um and then the stress alopecia I think that's uh that's just the fourth year med student life and I'm hoping that'll get better so definitely school's been intense other than that uh I've been climbing pretty hard indoors recently like I would say that my life has been like medicine and climbing I think in the past few months, I've like taken myself a bit more seriously with climbing, if that makes sense. Like, I think I've just gained a bit of confidence to try, like to try problems at the bouldering gym that I would have not even looked at before because I thought I would be like, that's too hard for me. I'm feeling like strong with my climbing and I'm excited for the outdoor season to get started. And hopefully that will translate to uh, climbing outdoors, but a lot of my socialization is through the climbing gym. We now actually have a monthly Sladies night, which is new. We started it in the fall. So that's like my most social night of the month. I dress up, get some dangly earrings on, and it's fun. It's good vibes. I've been noticing you're wearing dangly earrings a lot more. Like yeah. you've really been upping your earring game, which I love because I've also been upping my earring game. When I was a kid, I loved dangly earrings. Like I loved them. And then I kind of moved away from them because I was like, why am I like, I don't know. I didn't think it was cool anymore. But in the last year, year and a half, I've been like, I love earrings. Like there's such a fun piece of jewelry. So I've been trying to build my earring collection. And I must say it is really coming together. And it's really, it's really like a teacher vibe, if you know what I mean. Like, I feel like my earring collection is really supporting my teaching career. Yeah, it's professional development. It really is. <laughs> so I've also noticed that you have been wearing dangly earrings, like just through social media and stuff. And uh, I love. Also, if for the listeners, if you want, you should follow Alia Sens on Instagram and then you can see updates on her climbing because you really have been getting better. And your back muscles, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. It is good um, stuff. The the alopecia really retracts from the confidence, but <laughs> is alopecia just dandruff? Like no, it's hair loss. It's balding. Oh, I thought it was just like dry scalp. No, no, I'm You're I'm balding. balding? God, <laughs> I hope I don't have that. 
I don't think I have that. I'm like barely stressed. <laughs> um, ski season started and I'm a resort girly this year. I have not really backcountry skied at all. Went out a couple times at the beginning of the season, but I have a season's pass to the resort here. And like, oh my gosh, I haven't skied like consistently at a ski resort in so many years. And it is just... Like, the amount of skiing you get done when you have a pass is insane. So, I've been really enjoying just the weekends where I can go and do as many laps as I want. Um, But then, because it's so snowy and I don't have anything to do during the week, I actually just got a regular gym membership, okay? Like, I go to the community center gym and I work out, like, fitness, Instagram, girly workout. Like I have a bunch of, cause the first day I went, I was like so overwhelmed cause I was like, what the heck are these machines and all of these things that people are doing? And it was so intimidating. I don't know if you've been to a regular gym lately, but it is a weird culture. So then I just started looking on Instagram and I just have a bunch of like Instagram videos saved that show me workouts. So I go to the gym now almost every day and I do like a basic like lifting workout <laughs> I know okay, but why is that basic like I feel like that's just called normal workout I mean I guess oh, it's that's basic. what I meant sorry no that's what I meant by basic I didn't mean like wildly basic I mean okay. it's just like your standard like I'm doing like squats I also I'm going to the gym with a few goals in mind because in August I'm running an ultra marathon I signed up for the Squamish 50. Yeah, so I'm not going to start training until like end of March. But I figured before I start running again, because you can't really run outside right now. It's so much snow and I don't like a treadmill. I'm just building muscle. Yes, love it. I'm going to try it. I have like three boxes. They're new. I thrifted them. So I wear these like white sneakers with my like matching Lululemon set. You go into the gym, you wear your sports bra, like, already. Tarps off before you even begin. <laughs> okay. Or or you can wear what they call a pump shirt. I think it's called a pump shirt. I'm, I don't know. I'm still getting used to it. But basically, it's, like, an overshirt on top of your sports. It's a shirt. <laughs> it's an overshirt. <laughs> I was going to say it's an overshirt on top of your sports bra. And I'm like, that's a shirt. If anyone's a gym girly, can you please correct me if I'm wrong here? I just want to be cool like the girls I see at the gym. So that's what I'm up to, going to the gym and then the ski resort on the weekends. I mean, it sounds like a good balance. Yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, but um, Allie, anyways, the topic of this episode, I feel like you wanted to tell our listeners a bit about some experiences that you've had in the last few months. I know they're not recent experiences, but um, maybe some like memorable experiences that you've had that you wanted to share yeah yeah for sure so um as I said I've just been kind of grinding with med school and uh luckily uh where I go to school we get to do some of our kind of clinical rotations in other um cities and towns and I had the opportunity to go up to the really kind of far north of Ontario to a community called Moose Factory, uh, which is pretty remote, um, kind of on the coast of the James Bay. You can look it up on Google Maps if you want. And uh, I went there for four weeks. 
And kind of what I wanted to talk about was like how spending time in a community that's pretty isolated and, you know, there's a lot of nature and outdoor stuff there, but it's really isolated from any other um, communities or kind of other facilities, how that experience kind of made me reframe my relationship with nature a bit. And so like, I guess let's backtrack here. So like what I mean by that is I grew up in Vancouver, which has what many people would call a thriving outdoor community. And uh, I say that because, you know, a lot of people are really into outdoor activities, hiking, skiing, climbing, mountain biking, kayaking, camping, like trail running, like the list literally goes on and everybody's got their thing and everybody is on their shit. Like I find enjoying the outdoors comes with some kind of goal or objective. Emma, do you think that that would be an accurate description of what the outdoor scene is like in Vancouver and kind of on the coast? Yeah, for sure. Definitely like a laundry list of opportunities when it comes to what activities you choose to do. But I think you're right about the mentality around outdoor recreation as well there because everybody is so involved in this scene. Seems to be a bit competitive, uh, maybe even a bit elitist. And people's relationships to the spaces, the outdoor spaces that they're um, you know, recreating on, I do think is a bit about like conquering and or like peak bagging. Mm-hmm. You know, peak bagging, mm-hmm. like it's just how many mountains have I climbed? How many lines have I skied? You know, how many times did I go to Whistler this season? Things like that. It's a very much like hungry, more, more, more kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, you know, the goal is you're always doing something sicker than what you did before. Or you, you don't just like go out for a hike to stroll around. Like you go, you're like, I'm going to go to the peak of this and then I'm going to come down. Or even there's no point in me doing any of this if I'm not putting it on my Strava. True. There's a lot of like quantification of outdoor achievement or outdoor activity. People are putting it on their Strava. It's like they have goals about what grade they want to climb, how many kilometers they want to bike or run or whatever. Or I'm not saying that that is inherently wrong or bad. What I'm trying to get to here, and I'm, I kind of derailed what I was going to say, but it's not inherently bad, but that's just kind of the only mentality that I really knew of before I spent four weeks in this community um, because that's kind of how I interacted with the outdoors and that's how a lot of my friends interact with the outdoors. It's like, hey, we're going out this weekend and this is our goal. And it's always fun. We like still appreciate the nature that we're in, but it's for some kind of purpose of personal achievement or personal fulfillment or the feeling like we've conquered something. And so spending time in Moose Factory, I met people who very much had a relationship with nature in their community that was like kind of a friendship. I worked with a doctor who was really kind and that he would show all the med students around and the residents and, you know, because there's people rotating through and you're you're going up somewhere where you don't know anyone and you're there for a few weeks. And so he would kind of take it upon himself to show us around um, the island because Moose Factory is, is on an island. And his mentality was that he'd lived there for nine years. He had done those very few trails that are on the island. There's only a couple done those trails, you know, daily for nine years. And every time he was still excited to go out and do it. That just kind of blew my mind because, and I guess I saw that. And then also many of the other people that 
I met who were there very much had a relationship with nature that was like a friendship. And it sort of seemed like, you know, when they would go outside, it was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friend. And I'm saying this, I'm kind of stealing this from my friend Charlene, who I met there, who was the one who worded it that way, who was the one that said, it's like people are spending time with a friend when they go outside here. Um, So I think that just changed my perspective a bit um, and made me a little bit more grateful for the kind of day-to-day outdoor things that I can do. I'm not going to stop, you know, setting goals for myself or going on big hikes or, you know, trying to push my climbing harder. Those are all things that I still find fulfilling and fun and that I still want to do. But it just gave me a little bit of like a realization that that's not the only way that people can enjoy or experience the outdoors. I think the points that you're bringing up are actually really important and something that I've been thinking about a lot in the last few months as well. I make a few connections to like what I'm learning in school. I mean, it's called place-based pedagogies. Just the idea of connecting with place and what does it really mean to connect with place has been an idea that I'm exploring a, a lot more. I'm the same as you. I've spent a lot of time on the coast. I'm not from there, but I've spent a lot of time there. And I think you hit the nail on the head about the dominant perspectives around nature and outdoor rec there. And I've I've even noticed in myself in my reflection that the way I went about my outdoor rec last year was really, it was almost like transactional, I want to say, or self-centered even you know, going back to the way you're wording it, it was almost like a one-way friendship. Like I was really taking from my friend and I was never thinking about how I could give back to my friend. And I don't mean like give back, like I need to donate to, you know, support these, you know, protected areas. That's not what I mean by give back. I mean more of like a responsibility or a stewardship almost of places. I don't think that I've had a mentality like what you're describing in Moose Factory. I don't think that I really connected with the natural spaces around me. Yeah, I mean, I think like part of what you're touching on is, I mean, I do think like to go back to kind of stewardship of these places, like I think people that recreate outdoors tend to be people that care more about the environment. But on top of that, I think people that have this like friendship with with nature care even more so because it's like you're protecting a friend. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up is like, I think a dominant kind of perspective, especially, I guess, in Western culture is this idea that, you know, we think like it's our world, everyone else, all the other animals, all the plants, they're living in it. You know, like that expression of like, it's her world, we're just living in it. Like now I feel like that about the outdoors. It's like, it's the outdoors world and I'm just visiting it when I'm there or I'm hanging out with nature or whatever. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I'm trying to just articulate like a bit of a frame uh, framing shift that I think for me has been really impactful. And maybe me blabbing about it on this episode, listeners are going to be like, you're a dumb bitch. Like we've all been here, done that. We don't feel the same. And to be fair, I've talked to friends who didn't grow up in BC. So for example, I have a friend who grew up in Ontario, went out to Vancouver, lived there for two years and then came back to Ontario. And I was talking to her and she felt very much like, Growing up in Ontario, there was not that same sense of goal-seeking, 
peak bagging that that's not really the dominant mentality that she grew up with. But then when she went to Vancouver, felt that strongly there and was grateful for that shift when she moved back to Ontario and felt like there was a more um, less competitiveness and more of a kind of humble community that she became a part of. Um, so maybe some of these listeners are going to be like, Ali, why was this revolutionary for you? Even if our listeners are like, girls, we've been here. Welcome to the party. I still think the personal reflection that you're going through right now is valuable. It's important that you always come back to reflect and to see if there's room for a change in perspective or reframing like what you're saying, Allie. Another thing that I've found as someone who really loves outdoor activities is when I get bogged down with other things like work, school, which is very much how I felt over the last few months. I've been feeling pretty burnt out with medical school, haven't had as much free time as I'd like. And so my opportunities to get outside have been more limited. And something that I've since, you know, this pivotal experience that I've had, like something that I've noticed is I appreciate it more. If all I can do that week to get outside is go on like an hour long walk by the waterfront with a friend or something, which like I wouldn't have previously considered like an outdoor or like a wildly basic activity. You know, if I'm like, have got my bougie latte in hand, like strolling by the water with a friend. And I would think to myself at the end of that week, oh my God, I didn't get outside. Like I didn't do anything. Like I feel shitty about that. Now I'm I see those moments of like, even if I'm just briefly interacting with, you know, the lakefront that I live near or go around a trail nearby Kingston or something like those little things, I just appreciate them more because I don't see it like I have to get out and accomplish an objective every week or every month or whatever to feel like I'm getting outside. When you're wrapped up in those communities where it's really pushed on you to you know do the next big thing or go out on the weekends and do some big outdoor activity you almost become detached from the activities themselves because you're you're kind of wrapped up in that thinking so it's nice to know that you can remove yourself from it and you can find fulfillment in these smaller less exciting maybe people would consider less exciting activities because when you can appreciate and like find gratitude in those what a more fulfilling life it sounds like you're living while having the outdoors so accessible so wonderful because the interaction is just so it's just right there it's very constant in my life it's easy to forget how privileged we are a but also like lose the appreciation for it I don't want to sound like this I don't know, hippie who's like just, you know, preaching about my new life philosophy or something like that. But I guess I think this is valuable to talk about because it is a dominant perspective in the outdoor world. Good. It sounds like a healthy shift. Hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, healthy for me, but then now I'm also like telling everyone how to live their life and then preaching, but you know. Yeah. That's the other thing. (laughs) I I do want to state that for a minute there it sounded pretty preachy but most of the time Allie and I are just spitballing off of one another so yeah we're open to your comments is what yeah. I'm trying to say oh totally give your feedback tell us we're wrong um also advice is free doesn't mean you have to take it so take what you will yeah if you want to take advice I'm- from two unprofessional podcasters that really have been inconsistent with their work then that's your prerogative I feel like we're less like we're less credible at this point 
like we've been we've been out of the game for a, a while now that I feel like getting on here and when once we hit record we were both like hmm how do I how do I string my words together again yeah no totally this episode might be a little more rough around the edges than some of our previous ones our all credibility... of ours were rough around the edges Ali all of them were okay but I but I said a little more rough around the edges I'm not okay. saying the other ones weren't just while I'm here on that note while we haven't been making any podcast episodes for you guys to listen to we've still been checking our social media although we haven't been posting we've been checking it and we have received a number of dms in the last few months just kind of reaching out and saying hey or um giving us some feedback and we just wanted to say that we really appreciated all of those comments and messages from you guys and yeah, just wanted to reach out and say thank you for continuing to support us despite us being kind of quiet for some time and keep them coming. Oh my gosh, Allie, I totally forgot. This happened in the fall, so it kind of skipped my mind, but I went on my first solo camping trip. Wow. Where'd you go? Um, I didn't go very far, but it was a big deal for me. Like I really had to work myself up to it and it's a story that I'll tell. So in when I first moved to Nelson, so this is in September, I had this big goal of going on my own bike packing trip by myself. But I wanted to be self-sufficient. I wanted to organize everything myself and kind of not rely on anybody else. And I wanted to solo camp because I had never done it before. So I made a plan to head up to this lakefront campsite that was, uh, you know, north, it was across the lake. So I was going to have to take this ferry. Um, and I was just going to basically go explore the area because I had just moved, right? So it was all new to me. On that same note, like, you never know if you have service or like what that's going to mm-hmm. look like. So there was just a little bit of uncertainty. But either way, I packed myself up and I biked. Turns out most of my ride was along like a highway. So... <laughs> which has its own dangers but of course but I definitely was in no you know danger of being out all by myself so I biked up I took um the Balford ferry across if anyone's familiar with the area it's actually the longest free ferry in North America oh wow cool um and it was beautiful I loved the ferry like I grew up in Calgary where there's literally no water. So the idea of like boats and ferries is still kind of a novelty to me. I love taking the ferry. Once I got to the other side of the ferry, I actually did a little detour and I went to this town called Crawford Bay and I got myself a coffee and a cinnamon bun. And like I was alone, which if if anyone knows personally, I don't I'm not often alone. I love to be around people. So to be by myself for an entire two days was daunting on its own. So then after Crawford Bay, I went north um, and headed towards Ryandell. And then my plan was to go further north of Ryandell to this one campsite. But unfortunately, once I started on the service road, it had a bridge had been washed away. So I resorted to just turning around. And I ended up in kind of like an RV campsite. The lady was nice enough. They were apparently all booked, but because it was just me and my hammock, she was like, oh, whatever, just like find a tree. 
it's not like I was camping by myself, but I was like not at all by myself because I was surrounded by like young families and and then it came time to actually sleeping. And that's when things started to kind of go downhill. Like once the light started to I started to lose light is when I started to freak out. I I want to be like a strong, independent woman, but I just lost it. I was so scared. I was scared of like literally anything you can imagine, whether it was an animal or like another person. I just was flipping. So what ended up happening was I called my boyfriend. I really needed some moral support there, but I made it through the night. I was not murdered by another individual. None of my stuff was stolen. No bear came and ate all my food. The weather was so nice the whole weekend. So when I woke up, I just like packed up my things. It was very chill. And then I biked home. It was nice to finally do my own solo trip. I hope they only get easier from here on out. But yeah, I honestly felt really accomplished by the time I got home. I know that I, I had a little cry session. I needed a call to get myself through it, but I felt accomplished in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think you should. Like, you did something new. And it may not have been the trip that you were expecting, but sounds like you still had a good time other than the panic. What more could you hope for? I could have hoped to not cry. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really corny, but I feel like I learned a lot about myself. I mean, I, I can't laugh at you or anything because, well, I guess I have camped by myself. I haven't done like an intentional like so- trip to like go camping by myself, but I've driven across the country and camped alone. There's there was a lot there was definitely some very fearful moments of like me sleeping in my car with like a bear spray on either side and like it's but- a funny thing for the most part every situation we've been in we've been pretty safe. Like, well, I really- have a rule. I have a rule for camping alone. If it's somewhere without cell service, it's got to be like busy, so there's like lots of people around. But if it's somewhere isolated, then I want cell service when I'm alone. So like, for example, my favorite spot that I've solo camped is um, it's called Nees Provincial Park. I don't know if it's pronounced Nees or Nays, to be totally honest. It's spelled N-E-Y-S. And it's um along the coast of Lake Superior. I've camped there twice and it's absolutely beautiful, like sandy beaches along the coast, beautiful sunrises and sunsets. And it's the vibe is like wholesome families with their kids and golden retrievers, but there's no cell service. But because of the family vibe, the serial killer sort of likelihood feels lower, whether or not that's true. But I was going to say, like, it's one of those things where as soon as a scary thought comes into your head, whether it's about a serial killer or like an animal, as soon as it's in your head, it's it's there. It's not going anywhere. I remember even like group camping trips I've been on where I like hear a little thing outside and I'm like, oh, that's a bear. And then you're just like convinced it's a bear and you're convinced a bear is outside of your tent for hours after, which is so unrealistic, right? Mm-hmm. So we've all been there. If our listeners have any uh, any other tips for solo camping, then let us know because clearly both of us are relatively new to it. I think that's been the most wildly basic event I've had since moving to Nelson. Other than that, I've been living like a pretty, pretty cushy life. Well, I think both of us have had fewer wildly basic moments than last time we spoke. So that's a little recap of what our lives have been like for the last few months. Like we said earlier, we still love wildly basic. We don't want to, you know, hang it out to dry. 
we are still really invested in this podcast and want to keep it going. So thanks for listening. As life will continue to be unpredictable and we will continue to be not professionals at this unless something changes, any sponsors out there, hit us up. We would still love to have you, but uh, as things are, we'll uh, we'll try to release episodes when we can. We're still like super open to any ideas, suggestions, etc. Just DM us. Um, and thanks for listening again. Thanks, guys. Love the support. Thanks for listening to Wildly Basic. Don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Instagram at Wildly Basic Podcast. Our marketing director is Emma. Our editor-in-chief is Ali. Artwork by Emma. Music and sound by Ali. Co-hosted by Emma and Ali. Thanks for tuning in. Happy trails! <laughs>